So let's everybody warm up, get to it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Seeker. So we should, uh, okay, we need to uh, kind of let people know that season three is kind of cut short a little bit early. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We seem to have lost our laptop and our backup hard drive, both mysteriously disappearing and both mysteriously having all of our backlog of episodes for season three and some of season four. Well, that part wasn't all that mysterious. <laughs> I'm just trying to veil the whole thing in secrecy. In mystery. In mystery. In riddle. In yes. enigma. For our listeners to have like kind of a some treasure hunt of sorts to I figure like out that. what That's happened. That's true. Because like one that. of our listeners may have actually heard these episodes. Mm. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and y'all can figure that out. So. Anyway. Yeah. So anyways, we lost, uh, we lost the rest of our parable season. And so... We're going to keep it at four episodes because that's all we have left in our arsenal at this point. So um, that's the end of the season. But wow, are they good ones. Yeah. You can go back and check those parables out. Yep. And uh, and the ones, the lost parables that you'll never uh, hear us go into detail on, those were amazing. The best work yet. But But don't oversell it. Well, they'll they'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) Suckers. How great they were. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're super excited to go into it. So this is going to be the new season four, full-blown episode. 4.5. Oh yeah, season 4.5. <laughs> I think First John's it, man. This is the groove, the word of life. It doesn't get any better than that. So we are deciding right now to do First John. We so are let's deciding. just get into it. Yep. Season 4.5. Who wrote First John? John. Let's keep going. <laughs> nice. I mean, I'm just saying. Like we should say what it is. Okay. No, I'm totally with you. Yeah. Good, good, good. Okay. What else can we uh, say? <laughs> First John, John, make it a hard one. Get it. <laughs> okay. Get it. Uh, I'm, set, I'm setting up volleyballs for you just to put the spike down. You got some? That which was from the beginning. First John, chapter one. And verse, verse one. one. That which was from the beginning, which what we was heard. from the beginning, Julian. The word, according to John one one. Right, the world is a circle. Bring it all back home. In the beginning was the word. In the word was with God. And the word was. And who are we talking about? What was from the beginning? Who is he referring to here? Jesus. Jesus. The word was Jesus. Yes, it was. But I really love John's introduction. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes and looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. John makes absolutely no bones about it. He knows what he's talking about. He's experienced it. He's lived with it. He's eaten dinner with it. He's walked down the dirty road with it. He's seen it on a cross. John knows full well what he's talking about here. And he's absolutely making that blatantly clear. What's going to follow here is his eyewitness account. This is, this is him talking from experience. 
and he stays true to what we were quoting in John 1. So I'm going to read John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Down to verse number 14, because this is where you were going. And the Word became flesh and dwelt, moved in, lived with, was among us, and we beheld his glory and the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then verse 15 says, John bore witness of him. John the Baptist John cried the Baptist. out in yeah. the wilderness. So, I mean, God bore witness of Jesus as Jesus as the word's deity, and here comes John. His cousin does the exact same thing. Now, John, the writer of the this book, writer. exactly, is is doing the same thing. And he says it right there in verse 2 of 1 John chapter 1. The life was made manifest. He's just encapsulating everything he put in that first chapter of his gospel. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life. Imagine how much like feeling is in that, as John is expressing that. Right? Right? I mean, John, like, I mean, he's just saying, like, look, I lived it, and I saw it, which, like you said already, but he's, he's trying to share this with the world, mm-hmm. like, with everyone, like, to understand, like, please appreciate what this is, like, where I'm coming from with this. This is the most important thing you can imagine, and I need to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. I need to proclaim it to you, the eternal life. When you read First uh, John, just these opening verses, when you read John 1.1, 1, 1, there's no way you read that and don't have what you were saying, like an emotional sort of rush, right? Yeah. Because... Like, every word feels like it's just punched through the page, you know? It's so explaining. Urgent. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, not passive. Just boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. This is. And he he just makes sure that you know, like, there is just no getting around exactly who Jesus is. Like, there. We represent it. Like, we, we were there. We touched. We felt. He's real. You know? And, and then in that, he's going to kind of loop us all in this thing together, right, is in fellowship, yes. like this community, mm-hmm. communion. Um, and that's kind of the point of the opening is say, you felt it, you touched it, we felt it, we touched it, made manifest, he was here. Right. Now let me start bringing you in. Yep. And we're telling it to you so that you can be drawn in, so yeah. that you can be part of this too, so that you can experience these things and you can have that same level of intensity, that same level of passion, that same level of, of, of reality. Right. Well, in verse 4, and we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. We have joy in this like story. It's so overwhelming. It's this emotion of like this beautiful cycle. It's completed. It's been fulfilled. It's here. We're part of it now. Oh, it's just awesome. It well, especially big. if you think about like that word complete, right? That's to be made whole, to be made entire. Mm-hmm. So how do you make your joy in Christ complete? What's that final step? What closes up that circle? It's exactly what John's doing. Share it with others. Yeah, you got to understand it. Like, you got to know it. 
You had to hear it. But it's not complete until you share it with others and you bring other people to that fellowship. He's telling us right there. Yeah. All of this stuff, that which we have seen, heard, touched, the life that was made manifest, that we testify to, all of that is as great as it is. His joy isn't complete until he brings us in with him. Mm-hmm. Until we get to share that too. That's what makes it perfect. That's what makes it whole. Yeah. He says your joy, yeah. your joy is not complete until you share this. Right. Until right. you right. Sh- until you bring others yeah. in too. And then their joy becomes yours and mm-hmm. it just expands. It's this ever growing joy bubble, right? That just pulls yeah. more and more people into it. Well, look, if no one hears the story, like there's no joy. Yep. Like, because no one knows the story. Yeah. Like, you you got to share the story with someone to like have joy with them in that. And um, I mean, the joy is not in the story, but it's in like the actual reality of what was made manifest and like what is promised to us through it. I imagine John has plenty of joy yeah. from his relationship with Christ. Right. I imagine that his joy is. A, we see that right there in the first three verses that his joy is so overwhelming that it's this urgent call this he's almost in a way he's almost pleading please believe what i have to say because this is the basis of my testimony i lived it mm-hmm. oh good point because in verse number one like we have not seen him with our eyes we have not physically looked upon him we have not held him in our hands we've not handled him yeah However, um, like that testimony and what was made manifest in front of them that he's bearing witness of, that we share together, that that gives us joy, right? Mm-hmm. We otherwise. So he's got this this, you know, this vertical relationship bringing him joy, horizontally spreading it across. And once yep. those two things come together, like you said, we just made a bubble. Yep. For sure. And his use of the word joy there, I mean, we talked about this when we did James back in the beginning, but like that word uses, he's not saying that so that we can be happy, like, oh, this is great, let's share like a book club or talk about this and just be happy about like this, yeah. um, like th- this joy is just a deeper sense of like, it is well kind of like feeling, you know, this is, this is a much more enduring long form of happiness, essentially. Yeah, Christian joy is one of those things that should... It should just course through us. It should just mm-hmm. suffuse our very being. Mm-hmm. We're a joyful people mm-hmm. because we understand the true nature of the reality around us, right? That we are temporary, that we are impermanent physical beings, that there's something much greater that we're called to do with the short lives that we've been given. Mm-hmm. It's not about ourselves. Right. It's about serving something much higher than us. Understanding our proper place in the order of creation and then fulfilling that role. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we can have joy in trials too, right? Like, again, back to James. In everything. In everything. No matter matter what, like, the outlook is bigger than what's here on this earth. Yep. And what what you said, Daniel, feeds right into verse number five because the message that that they've heard from Jesus 
and that that they are sharing here so that our joy would become complete is that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Like Mm -hmm. that statement is matching what you said about the truth. So this is the truth. This is like setting kind of the ground rules and we have joy, you know, we don't look on this, you know, you don't look on this, this center, this statement and say, Oh man, well, God's just giving me a bunch of rules. How is there joy in that? No, what it's saying is that in Christ, God is light. It casts out darkness. It is, it is a it is the He is perfect, right? Mm. And here, like it's our our path is illuminated. We can see where we're going, right? Th- that's joy. And he's mm-hmm. what he's doing is presenting a picture for us that there is a lot of darkness out there, and only God provides light. Like this is the path that we can get on and mm-hmm. be joyous. Yeah. But that statement also that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. As we start to frame the letter, that's one of the massive themes in this letter. The idea that God is light. Oh, yeah. And we're going to see how our relationship to the light works Mm -hmm. and how we live in the light versus living in darkness and how we can bring light to others and be light and... And so that that we're going to see this theme constantly throughout this letter and throughout these these episodes of this series is this bringing us back to this idea of light, right? Which comes from where's the first place we see light? In the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. The very beginning, right? So it's going to take us all the way back to Genesis. It's going to take us all the way right back to the start. And if we're going to use John's gospel even before then, you know, with with what existed before creation, which was the Godhead. So yeah, this 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 light idea, and you said Julian that it it shows us our path and it shows us sort of like, you know, it it illuminates what we're doing and where we're walking. It also illuminates the end. It allows us to see what comes next, mm-hmm. what's waiting for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we call that our reward. We call that our, our rest or whatever. But, but what it really does is it shows us the value of a life lived in Christ. Because the value of a life lived in Christ is what comes next. It's, it's the promise of eternal life rather than just what we can scrounge up here in this temporary, impermanent world that we live in. There's something else. The reward comes later, and the light shows us that. And being able to keep our eyes on that, sort of that long-term light, is another tremendous source of joy. I mean, the power of the light is just like, I think, um, such a powerful analogy you know, to use. I think from the beginning of time, um, man's connection to light has just been, it's just in our DNA, like our appreciation for it. I remember getting lost once. Uh, with a friend of mine, um, we were mountain biking in eastern Washington. It got dark on us. Uh, we got a flat tire. Um, we got lost. We didn't have any lights with us. It was so dark. It was like pitch black dark. We were walking our bikes um, through the forest because we couldn't clearly ride them at all anymore. <laughs> and this is in high school. And um, and we were literally just walking. And then when we felt like shrubbery, like we knew that we were off the trail. So we kind of just kept walking until... And then um, we started talking about, okay, I think we got to spend the night out here because, like, we didn't know where to go. Like, we had nothing. Um, We had, like, 
my mom's old 90s cell phone, like that you hit a button and it had like a little green glow and that was like it for a light. So we were like six inches off the ground holding it up, you know, trying to like find something. And um, that was it. And then we came to a junction in the trail, didn't know where to go. We didn't, we were like, I think we need to stay here because we're gonna get ourselves more lost at this point. And um, we're talking about how to get through the night, like how do we stay warm? Neither of us wanted to cuddle necessarily. And then, um, <laughs> and then, like, after we're, like, starting to just get really freaked out by thinking about spending the night in the woods, um, you know, we see, like, a light off in the distance, and we hear someone whistle. And it was my dad and my uncle and I think Dave um, um, and, and, like, people that were, like, at, that had been at the cabin that knew that we hadn't come back and were out looking for us. And we see this light, and then all of a sudden just immediate relief, like, oh, yes, we have hope. Yes. <laughs> Here yes. it is, right? And it's just like this visceral feeling of like pure joy that just went through my body. Like, and this was only being out there for like just like, like a little over an hour probably of actual like kind of like thinking like I'm gonna have to spend the night out here. So this wasn't even after much time, but like just that visceral like, you know, like um, emotion that runs through your body when you like you finally have light, and it's gonna be just pure darkness and you know hopeless otherwise. Um, I mean, these, yeah, I mean, we're, it, it's the connections here to the light and the darkness is just amazing. Oh, yeah. That was good. If, um, you know, if we don't have the light, though, so verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Well, back up just a second, though, because yeah. this idea of light, you know, we need to kind of... I think we should maybe develop it just a little bit more since sure. it is such a massive part of the letter and I was thinking just yeah. some of the statements that Jesus himself made about light right when he's in John 8 and verse 12 I am the light of the world whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life right that's one of the seven ways and the seven I am's in John where he defines what his role for us is mm-hmm you know, I am the, he says, I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the light of the world. That's one of the ways he interacts with us, right? Is that he gives us, he is that light. Yeah. But then you also think about the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew when he says, who does he say is the light of the world in Matthew? You, we are the light of the world. Oh, gotcha. A, a light a city set on a hill cannot be right. hidden. Right. Right? So we have that some of that same responsibility to illuminate, to help bring people to God, to show them the way. Well, if we're to be Christ-like in our lives, absolutely. right, then we'll absolutely, absolutely. have to be lights because he was the light. If we're, going to, if we're going to follow the leader, right, then that's one of the ways that we do it is to be that light as well. Back to you. Um, and I, I kind of dropped this in First John 1, 6, talking about John uh, the Baptist. It says, And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Wait, this is this ma- in John or First John? Is it? No, John chapter 1, okay. verse 6. Mm-hmm. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, mm-hmm. that all through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. And, you know, so 
That's good. Us, you know, we also, like you said, we are we're we're, we're bearing witness. We're ref- reflecting the light of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we have to realize is, if we're going to say, you know, Jesus's statement, you know, He is the light of the world, and we need to be reflecting that light. Then we have to admit that the world's in darkness, yeah. right? And yeah. I think that that's yeah. a good, very well um, uh, said with your story. Like at some point, you had to admit that you were in the dark. Oh yeah. You know, like when it's starting to get dark. Mm-hmm. I've been out there running. My sister and I got caught running a trail one time in the dark, right. and it was starting to get dusk, and we should have admitted it was dark, <laughs> but we kept going because yeah. we were like, mm-hmm. "We can still see," and you know, you're like. The pupils are getting, you know, they're dilated, and we're just sucking in probably all the light we possibly can, and we're just, like, trying really hard to see. Um, but we just wouldn't admit it. We start tripping over stuff. And we have to admit that the world's in darkness, That that, yeah. and sometimes we have to admit in our situations where we are, yeah. in the only light, right. it, it is, it does, it is illuminated from the Lord, right? Just yeah, like you saw absolutely. your dad come in, and you're like, okay, good, yeah. saved. We have to admit right. that. Absolutely. Well, and I don't know. It's just it's, it's just such a hopeful thing to know that when uh, whenever it seems like things are getting dark in this world for us, mm-hmm. like everyone goes through these cycles in their lives where things are, um, you know, kind of hard to get through sometimes. And right now, this week, um, just to kind of mark this place in history here, it was uh, a disaster happened in Las Vegas. A lot of people got mm-hmm. uh, killed. Like about fifty people ended up dying. Almost 500 people were injured. Um, it's a very dark time um, in this country. And um, when you think about, um, I don't know, how to cope with these dark times and whatnot, like the idea of there being a light out there. I mean, like, no matter what else happens, no matter how bad things can get, like, or how bad we feel that they are, we just need to remember, like, look back and focus, like, no, look there's a light out there. We just got to look for the light. It's on the hill, right? Or um, just, you know, Jesus is our light. No matter what happens, that's our rock. Like, we can always find the light. It's never hidden from us if we just open our eyes to it. And it'll help us to kind of refocus ourselves and recenter ourselves and reprioritize what we're all about and what we got to do on this, this earth here. 